1: Praise the Lord one more time, hallelujah. He is worthy of our praise, amen, hallelujah. Uh, I want to give everybody a chance to come to your seats. Um, I'll be teaching this morning, and as you're grabbing your seats, and uh, if you're already seated, would you greet two or three people around you, let them know, I like your tie, and let the the ladies know, I like your dress, I like your skirt, amen. Amen, y'all look good today, I like the Christmas colors. I wasn't really a big fan of red and green until, you know, just recently. But, uh, you know, everybody looks good, you know, and all the other colors that are in in the mix, too. They look good, too. Amen. Uh, Before I continue, before I say anything else, I just want to say that it is an honor to be here this morning, bringing you all the word of God. Um, Short little story about this incident. Brother Trey had asked me to teach because, you know, he was, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Brother Trey. He said, I won't be there this Sunday because he's a little, you know, was feeling a little under the weather. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And then I'm, I feel just as worse <laughs> now doing that if you don't hear by my voice. But by the grace of God, you know, God is going to move. Amen. God is going to be the one speaking today and not me. And that's what I'm praying for today. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the first book of John? Chapter 4. And would you stand to your feet for reverence of the reading of the word? Amen. Uh, And also, I want to apologize to the sound system, the visual system. I actually wrote down my scripture on a sheet of paper, and I ran out the house, and I left the sheet of paper behind. And I was looking for it this morning, and I was like, oh, well, I can either drive back and, you know, but... I'll just give him a, a second there so y'all can have it on your screen. But if you have it, say amen. 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 That's majority, okay? So we'll go ahead and get started. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, we'll be reading this morning. The Bible says, And this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, Herein in love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the appropriation for our sins. The English Standard Version says it this way, and it just rolls the tongue a little bit easier. It says, And this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his holy son, his only son, into the world, so that we might live through him. And this is love, that not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Amen. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to teach this morning in this subject the love of God. Amen, the love of God. Would you stretch out a hand towards heaven, and we're going to pray for this word this morning. In Jesus' name, Lord, I come giving you all praise, Lord. I come today, Lord, to allow you to use me this morning, Lord. We pray for the word that you've given us today, Lord, and we pray that you would anoint it. Anoint your servant today, Lord. Anoint the speaker today. Anoint your, your congregation today, Lord. Anoint your church Lord, and, and I pray, Lord, that every, every mind and every heart will be prepared today to receive the word that is going to be brought today. And if you're not prepared, would you pray that this morning? God, prepare my mind, prepare my heart so that I may receive this word this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You all may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. And I don't know if I've done it yet, but I want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Satan for this honor, um, this privilege to be here teaching the word this morning. Also, um, to brother Trey, but brother Henderson, rather, um, he is our system director for Christian development, and uh, I wouldn't be here if <laughs> if he would be here. But I'm here, so thank you, brother, for trusting me. I, I, I know that came out wrong, but you know, thank you for allowing me to be here and in your place. It is truly an honor. It, it truly is. I, I, I do, I do feel that. Amen. So as, as, as we know, we are in the Christmas season, amen? I've noticed because since September, I already, I, I, I'm a pest control technician, for those of you all that don't know, I get to go into a lot of people's houses, and I get to go to a lot of businesses, a lot of places, and one thing that I notice is that more and more people are starting to prepare their Christmas trees, and they're putting up decorations as early as September. And I don't have a problem with that. I I really don't. I'm like, it's your house. I mean, I don't live here. I don't get to see these lights and these funny things. Plus, I have a cat. You know, my cat will destroy all that. And I have dogs, too, so they'll probably destroy my my decorations if I did it that early. But there's one phrase, amen, that I hear every, every year around this time. And that phrase is that Jesus is the reason for the season. Has anybody heard that before? Amen? Jesus is the reason for the season. So pretty much it's letting us know that the reason why we celebrate in this season is not for the presents. Amen. It's not for the edible house decorating. You know, the, uh, what's it called? the uh, gingerbread. gingerbread. Yeah. I, I tried making one the other day. I'm not a builder. So that, it just kept falling. You know, they said, put more icing, and my thing was covered and still wouldn't stand. Um, it's not for the edible decorations, for the, you know, unedible or inedible once you know, the ones you put outside, you know, the wreaths, you know, the lights, the Christmas trees. It's not about the decorations, right? It's not about the Christmas tree, right? It's not about the Christmas parties. Uh, for many, maybe that's what Christmas is all about, right? Many in the secular world, they're like, well, Christmas is all about the presents. I used to think like that. I used to be against giving presents and receiving. That, that used to be me before God got a hold of me. But, um, you know, but those who have experienced the love the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. They understand that Jesus indeed is the reason for the season. Amen. We celebrate and we rejoice because we know that Jesus came to this world. Amen. He robed himself in flesh and he dwelt among us. And, and to dwell, that, 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 that word dwell there is it's not only to to, to be, in a certain place, or to live in a certain place. It, it goes more deeper than that. It, it means that he's settled in a place. I mean, he stayed in a place. And, and not only that, but he engaged with people in that place. He didn't just come to exist to make his presence known, but he came to touch people. He came to heal people, amen? He came so, so, so that somebody would experience Jesus for, uh, firsthand and foremost, and that's some of us today. Amen. Jesus has come into our life. He's not only making his presence known in our lives, but he's touching us. Amen. He's settling in our hearts. Amen. He's engaging with us. Amen. That's what he is doing as he's dwelling in our lives. Uh, The book of John, chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory that as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen, that is what Jesus is. He is full of grace and full of truth. So even though Jesus robed himself in flesh, amen, even though he lived among us, the Bible tells us that he's full of grace, he's full of mercy, he's full of truth, he's full of righteousness, among all other attributes that Jesus has. So this letting us know that even though Jesus put on human flesh, he did not put on human nature. Amen. Amen. Even though he wrote himself in flesh, human nature did not live in him. Amen. So, and, 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 and the human nature, what is it? Human nature is sin. Amen. Human nature is wickedness. Human nature is imperfection. That is not Jesus. Amen. He is not, there's no sin in him. There, there's no wickedness in him. There's no imperfection. He is perfect. Amen. He put on flesh so he, so he may feel what we feel. Amen. Uh, the Bible tells us that we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities he knows exactly what we're going through but all but in all points tempted like like we are yet without sin that's what hebrews 4 and 15 says that that he that he he's not touched by i mean he cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities he knows exactly what we're going through he knows what you go through every day you know he he came to this world he suffered too. you know he went through many trials. He went through many things. So one day he can look at you and tell you, look, I went through that, but I overcame, and through me you can overcome as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. In other words, he has experienced all of our struggles, all of our, all of our temptations, all of our sufferings, and yet he did so without succumbing, uh, succumbing to sin. He did not yield to sin. He did not give in to sin. So for this reason we can look at him as our perfect example. We can rely on him because he's our perfect substitute. Amen. Amen? He, he, he took on the penalty of sin that belonged to us. Amen. Everybody know that the, the, the wages of sin is death. Right. We are supposed to die. We are supposed to die because of our sin. Because of our human nature I would say. But because of him we can live. Amen. He gave his life so we may live. The Bible reminds us that. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's what he came to do. And I know you all may know that this morning, but I just want to remind somebody that Jesus came so we may live and so we may be saved. Jesus is the reason why we can have a life and have it more abundantly. He paid the ultimate price. He gave his life. He shed his blood so we may obtain mercy. Amen. When Jesus came to this earth, he knew what he was going to. He he knew he was going to be rejected, rather. Right? We know he came and his own rejected him. He was rejected. Many of us can attest to that. Amen. Anybody here been rejected before? I know I have. Man, I used to be the uncool kid. I don't want to bring any... He knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that he would be tempted. He knew he was going to die on the cross. But even though he knew what he was going to go through, he still did it because he loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would grasp that today. That he knew exactly what he was going to go through. He know exactly the pain. Keep in mind, he put on flesh. So he was able to feel like we feel. In spite of knowing that he still did it because, simply because he loves us. Amen. His love is genuine. Amen. There, there's his, his love is not fake, I would say. Amen. So, some, some, people, some things we love because they, they bring good stuff to us, right? You know, I love food because it tastes good. You know, I we all love things. That make us feel better. We, we may love things because they have a certain attribute. You know, anybody married in this place? See, we, we love our spouses because there's some, it's just something special about them, right? Amen? Nobody said amen? Okay, Okay, okay. Okay, amen, amen. Amen. God's love is unconditional, I would say. That is, God doesn't love us because of some virtue that we possess. There's nothing that I have that will make me lovable. Okay, two amens, oh man. <laughs> but God loves us simply because God is love. That is who he is, that is his nature, not because we are lovely. There's nothing in me that, that is lovable. <laughs> you know, maybe when I was a little kid, they say, Oh, he's cute, you know, lovable. You know, they probably asking what happened then? <laughs> what happened now? Life, life happens. <laughs> Philippians two six six through eight says who is is speak of Jesus, right? Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He did not decide to to stay at that level, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And he was made into the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. That is what Jesus did for us. Amen. He came he 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 took the form of a servant and and, and that word servant you know we we're, we're not we're not speaking about about some like like a butler you know when I think of a servant i think some, something like a butler but but the word there is is using some some type of form of slavery and and i know we we've heard it before it's not the slavery that we think of you know um from from our history but it's it's a type of slavery um that that is just self giving many back back in in those days S- slavery was even uh, a job for some. You know, they said, well, I'll do this for you. They probably didn't get any pay in return, but instead they, they, they were allowed to be in that place of the master, right? They were allowed to stay in their house. And, and so that's, I, I, to me what, what it was revealed to me is that Jesus did that for some of us, for most of us, for all of us if, if that's the case, that he, he wants to serve us, and instead he said, I, I just want to dwell. In your presence. I just want to be with you. Amen. I that's, that, that's, that, that's what I understood. I don't know if, if anybody is grasping that. But, but as I was reading this, it, it, just, it just came to my mind. Yeah, like, like, like that servant, you know, wants to serve. He wants to serve. He wants to do it. And all he wants in return is to be in the presence of, of, of the one that he's serving. And I, I, I believe Jesus wants to do that with us. He, wants, he, he, he came down to be a servant. Right. Amen. And, and he wants to stay with us. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. He steps downwards. Amen. He, he, he was God. God. And then he emptied himself. You know, another translation, when, when he, uh, it says that, that he made himself of no reputation, it uses uh, the, the, the phrase, He emptied himself. That means he, he completely let go of everything that he was just to take the form of a servant and be equal with God. And yet, you know, He emptied himself and He came in the form of a servant and He was made like man. That was the mentality of Jesus. Amen. That's what it says in the beginning. That, that's what he thought. He said, I will make myself of no reputation. I will empty myself. I will come to be a servant. Matthew 20 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve instead. He, he, he's showing us what we need to do, amen. Because if, if we're called Christians, amen, Christ, to be a Christian is to be like Christ. And if Christ became a servant, so that means that we have to become servants, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He came so that he could demonstrate his love for us and towards us. And there is nothing that can separate us from the love that God has for us, amen. He came to love us unconditionally, like I said, to give his all for us, to pay his life, to give his life for us. In Romans 8:37 and 39, the Apostle Paul lets us know that we are more than conquerors. Amen. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He just pretty much named everything that could possibly separate us from the love of Jesus. He said, well, it doesn't matter if you die. Jesus still loves you. If you live, Jesus still loves you. We, 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 it says here, nor angels. And you think, well, why were angels who separate us? Well, if we think about it, angels are surrounding God's throne right now. They're, they're praising him. So so we would think, well, I think God would choose those angels over us humans, you know, us sinners or us dirty ones, right? Over some angelic being that is shouting holy constantly towards him, constantly praising him. But even those angels that are constantly shouting holy, giving him praise, will not separate us from that love that that God has for us, that Jesus has for us. Nor principalities. There's there's no demons, amen, there's nothing, there's no spirits that would be able to separate us from the love that God has for us. Now the enemy might try to lie to you and and tell you Jesus doesn't love you, God doesn't love you. But not even that can separate us, amen, nor powers. There's no power that can separate us from the love of God. Nor things present. What do you have right now that will separate us? There's nothing that can separate us. Nor things to come. We don't know our future, God knows our future. Amen. I know Brother Wilson reminded us on Wednesday that Jesus already did it. You know, his his in his time, it already happened. Right. Those things to come, he's already there. And even those things cannot separate us from the love of God. Amen. Amen. No, nor height, nor depth. It, it lets you know no, no, no matter how high you go in life. Right. Amen. No matter how high you feel, it will not separate. No, no depth, no matter how low you fall. Amen. Amen. I, I, I believe that it's, even in our lowest point in our lives, Jesus still loves us. He still reaches for us, amen. There is nothing that will separate us from the love of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Romans 5 and 8, but God condemns his love towards us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us, amen. Even though we were sinners, even though that, that we were the worst of the worst, Jesus looked down and saw me one day saying he's, he's worth dying for. He looked down. He saw you and I. He said, they're worth dying for. Amen. If it was up to me, I I wouldn't die for me, not knowing all the stuff I did. But Jesus did. Amen. I've come to remind somebody that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. We are celebrating our King of Kings. We are celebrating our Lord of Lords. The one who is in this to come. Hallelujah. The one that loves us so much that he came to offer himself as a sacrifice so that we may have abundant life. That is what Jesus came to do. I want to apologize and take a water break. My throat is super dry. <clears throat> I'm in that stage in the cold where the phlegm just wants to come out. <laughs> and I don't want it to come out. So in Jesus' name, I rebuke the phlegm's. <laughs> I'm sorry for those that are watching online. <laughs> but Jesus died for me. Amen. Anybody else happy to think that Jesus died for you all? Thank you, Jesus. So, so we may think that God's love is only demonstrated in the fact that he came and died for us, right? Well, that's the ultimate sacrifice that, that, he, that he paid, right? He paid so that we may live. He paid with his blood. He paid with his life. But the fact is that God has always demonstrated his love towards mankind. Amen? I'm explaining explain it in a second. I believe that one of the ways that God has shown his love for us is that is the fact that he created us. Amen? It's the fact that he formed us. Amen? Because if we read in the creation stages of this world in Genesis, we see that everything that God created, he created by speaking. He spoke You know, uh, the Bible says, God said, let there be. The the key word is God said. Amen. Uh, Genesis 1 and 3, he said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1 and 6, he said, "And, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Genesis 1 and 9, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Genesis 1 and 11, and once again, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding yielding seed and the fruit of tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Genesis 1 and 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and and let them for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Genesis 1 and 20, once again, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly over the earth and the open firmament of heaven. Genesis 1 and 24, and God said, let, let the earth bring forth the living creature after its kind, cattle, creeping thing, and beast of the earth after its kind, and it was so. So everything that God created was created because he said, Because he spoke it into existence. Amen. God spoke those things into existence. He spoke the waters into existence. He spoke the light into existence. He spoke the animals into existence, the grass, the trees, everything that is created on this earth was created because God said it shall be created. But when God created man, the Bible lets us know that he formed man. In other words, he was involved in the process. Amen. Uh, Genesis 2 and 7, and the Lord said, uh, and, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Not only did God, got, did God get down and dirty to build, I mean, to, to form man. Because we, we read in this, in this, in this chapter, uh, uh, one verse before that, 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 said that there was a mist that covered the land. So in other words, when you put dust and a little bit of mist, that turns into mud. Right? You know, I, I've, I've been in mud before. <laughs> not by fun, just by work, you know. Sometimes I got to get down and dirty too. But I'm not forming men and certainly I'm not breathing life into anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that's what God did for us. Amen? That's what God did for, for mankind. He formed it with his hands, you know, I, I want to say. I know that God's the spirit, but I know he formed it. The, the Bible tells us he formed it, right? And he breathed and it became a living soul. He did not do the same thing for the for for any other creation. Amen. He he did not form the stars with his hands, he just spoke into existence. The planets, he just spoke them, the oceans spoke them, the mountains, he spoke them, the animals, the vegetation. God spoke all these things into existence. But when it came to creating man, he created man personally. That means he had something to do in the creation process. Not only by speaking, but by forming it. Amen. Not only are we made in his image. But he was created to have a personal relationship with him. Yeah. Amen. He had Adam there in the garden at all times. It was him and Adam having fellowship, having, having uh, that, that type of personal relationship. And we often forget that's what God wants from us. He wants a personal relationship with us. I mean, that's how much he loves us, that he created us so that we can have a personal relationship with him. And often, like I said, we, we forget. We go with our day every day. And sometimes we don't even talk to God. I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of that. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, there's been maybe a day or two that I, I don't communicate with God. And I know it sounds wrong, you know, saying that. But I'm just being transparent. You know, we often go and we forget what God has done for us. We forget that he formed us. We forget that he loved us so much that he wants that personal relationship with us. Amen. God made a special place for men to dwell in. It was the Garden of Eden. And so they may have communion. Together, and not only that, but but in that in that Garden of Eden, he, I, I want to say that it was a place of protection, Amen. Where, where Adam was protected from everything else because he was with God. When we're with God, we have protection, Amen. So so another thing that another way that God loves us is that He protects us, Amen. Psalm 18, 1 and three, the word says, "I will love thee, O Lord, my strength." The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. He is our protection. Amen. God God wants to protect us. You know, I, I just imagine God. You know, in a tag team match, you're over there fighting by yourself. He says, "Would you just reach and let me fight this fight for you?" Amen. He 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 wants to protect us. Amen. He he's, he's that protection. He can protect us better than we can protect ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, a way that God chose to protect us is through His Word. And and sometimes we, you know, some of you Bible scholars may know this, but some of you like me may not understand this. <laughs> This easily, but in the in in this earth, in this realm, there are rules, right? There are rules and there are laws that we must follow, right? How many follow the law? Oh, wait. I thought everybody said was going to come up. All right, I see where the delinquents are at. Okay, <laughs> I will lead them to the right direction. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I've been guilty of that, you know. When you see the 50 and you look in your dash and it's close to 80. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not the only one. No. Okay. I thought so. All right. You know. See, and, and and some of those laws and you know signs, I would say, are there for you know just for common sense. You know, I I, I used to think that when when there was a, a curvy road, and it said the suggested speed, in my mind I was like, well, that's the top speed somebody crosses. If it says, if it suggests doing 20, I can do 25. You know. And then it shows how the curves are really steep. And then I, you know, no, I never tried that. But there are also, for example, signs, right? It's caution, you know, stay away. Hazardous, you know, hazardous, uh, what's it called, materials. You know, electric fence. I've made the mistake of touching one before. <laughs> I saw the sign afterwards. They, they put them so far apart, you know, I I, I just, yeah. I said, well, there it is, that would have helped, right? In traffic, right, there are, there, are, there are signs we must obey. A- anybody drive here today? I, I see a lot of young people here. When you start driving, follow the law, okay? Obey the signs, follow the law. It will save you from a ticket and possible points in your record. But <laughs> going out of that, see, I, 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 as I mentioned earlier, I do pest control for a living, amen? And w- one of the things that I have to do in my job is that I have to do these things called roach cleanouts. It sounds worse than it sounds. It is worse than it sounds, actually. I'm not, I'm not cleaning the roaches. <laughs> I'm cleaning the house from the roaches. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. Um, that's what I get to do sometimes. And we have this machine called an nactisol machine. And what the machine does is that it's, it's compressed air. So it's, it's, a, it's got a tank where you put the, the chemical in there. It compresses. It has an electronic compressor. And it compresses the air so much that when you press the nozzle, it comes out like a mist. So some people call it fogging, and I say, no, it's just misting, you know. I, I try to correct people whenever I can. But just for the sake, I just say, okay, I'm fogging your house, all right. Yeah, I'm misting it, you know. I'm fogging your house. But wh- what it does, if you think about a mist, when, when you blow it, it gets all over the place. And not only that, that chemical is highly, highly smelly. And, and I'm not saying, like, it smells bad. It's just really harsh chemical smell. So what I've done every time I do a treatment, I I, I made a sign, you know, I, I, I took a sheet of paper. I, I used, you know, color pencils. <laughs> I could have used a computer, but I just decided to do it by hand. Um, that says, uh, do not enter extermination in progress. Keep out. And I, I would be rich right now if I had a dollar for every time somebody walks in ignoring the sign. And, and now when I'm treating, I, I got my mask on. I got my respirator on. What the respirator does is that it moves my glasses up here. So now my glasses are up here. I have half visibility. I look down, it's blurry. I look up, it looks good, but it's you know a little, little off. Then when I when I treat, I like to concentrate, so I have I have music playing. You know, I got Brother James Wilson blasting in my ears. You know, I got my 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 stuff going on. I got gloves, I got a respirator, I got poor visibility. The machine is loud. It, it, you know, just, just making noise. Then you press the nozzle all over the place. I'm I'm listening to music, and then all I, I faintly like hear. <laughs> And I look back and I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, those signs are there to protect us. I mean, those, those things are there for our protection. That speed limit is not a suggestion. <laughs> Saying you must go that because uh, in theory, they want to make sure you have enough time to slow down in case, you know, you are falling too close. That speed limit is suggested to, to yield, you know, to come into traffic. Because you just, don't you just love when somebody, you're going 75 and somebody comes 30 right in front of you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you say you love people, I, I I dare you drive 45 minutes and say I love people. <laughs> but God is working on us, Amen, Amen. So 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 that's what what in this world we have, Amen. We have those signs, we have those laws, Amen. I want to emphasize, we have laws that we must follow in order to protect us, Amen. So in other words, just as we have laws in this world that protect us. God has given us laws that will eventually protect us. And if we look at the Ten Commandments, we may say, well, how is that protecting us? Amen? I, I just want to go over the Ten Commandments real quick that are found in Exodus 2 through 17. I, I mean, Exodus 22 through 17, and I'm just going to skip around. Um, Thou shalt not have other gods before me. Thou shalt not make Unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is like in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And thou shalt not covet anything that is your neighbor's. Those are the Ten Commandments. And it, it, it ex- fans them a little bit. I just want to, for the sake of time, I don't want to really go through all of that. But, it, but if we think about it, those commandments would keep us, will protect us from feeling that guilt that comes after we break those commandments. Amen? If we follow those commandments, like we should follow the laws of this world, we're not going to be in trouble, right? If we follow the laws in this world, we're never going to find ourselves paying a ticket. We're never going to find ourselves in court. Amen. We're never going to find ourselves dealing with a problem that arose because we simply broke the law. Same thing with, with, with God's law. If we keep it, it would help us so that we may live in peace. Amen. Peace in our minds, peace in our hearts. That I'm not doing anything that upsets God. I'm not doing anything that goes against what God has called us to do. Amen. Because if, if, you, if you break any of these, yeah, sin may feel good for a season. But then comes that condemnation. Amen, and, and and the enemy is good at that, amen. The enemy is good at condemning us, amen. I I, I used to watch this TV show, uh, where the, the it was in Spanish, and, and the the guy's catchphrase was like, "You're sending me to hell, and that's not your job." <laughs> amen. We we, we 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 may we may be heading that direction because of our own selves, but the enemy is already doing that. So 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 what business do we have helping him? Breaking his, com- breaking God's commandments, Amen. Because that's that's what he's gonna do. We're gonna break those commandments, right? We're gonna break the law, if 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 I could say. But these laws are there to so that we may be protected. Again, like I said, so our mind is protected, so so we can sleep better at night, Amen. Because when when you sin and, and I, I've sinned before, right? Uh, we we've, we've all sinned, right? I'm not, I'm not, please, Richard, I'm not the only one. Okay, all right, I feel much better. <laughs> We, we, we've all sinned, and even before knowing God, we, we know that we are sinners, right? But, and, and, and when you recognize that you've sinned against God, that, that that leaves an uneasiness in your life. It makes you realize, man, I really messed up. You know, God, his word was here the whole time. How could I ignore it? But then, Jesus cleanses us from that sin. Yes. Amen, and we, that sin is gone. He forgets about it, and so should we, amen? But like I said, the enemy will try to, bring us back to that but the enemy is a liar amen so the commandments uh, some commentary here and their associated covenants act as a barrier against sin and unhappiness and when kept they let they lead us to eternal life in other words we have no guilt and we have no condemnation the 10 commandments are laws that God has revealed to us heading the guidance God gives us and the commandments will help us know how to serve God and how we should live with each other amen if we follow these, we, we will live in so much harmony. If, if, if you really think about it, if the whole world followed these commandments, how much peaceful would it be? Amen? Just, just think about it for a second. Right? He, he gives us so, so, so that, so, so, so this is like a model of how to live amongst each other. It, it also helps us to open to the grace of the Holy Spirit and what God can accomplish in us and through us by his grace. Amen. Because of, of if we follow these laws, we you know we we put ourselves in a position where God is going to be able to use us. Amen. Because we found that grace, we found that mercy that only He can give us. Through the through the commandments, He teaches His will for us and shows us how to love one another and how to overcome the natural man. Obedience to the commandments uh, prepares us to return to God's presence and obtain eternal life. When we understand this, we see the commandments as a blessing and not as a burden. Because many may think, oh, man, all these laws i got to follow. You know, people like, like to break the laws. You see the laws, so I'm like, man, do I, do I really have to do that? Do I really have to go 55 when the, you know? But they're there for a reason. Amen. And, and instead of, of seeing it, like, like it says, as a burden, we're going to see it as a blessing. And, and, and we're going to read these laws and we're going to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Because I follow your law now and I, and I live in so much better. Right? I'm living in so much harmony. You know, I, I don't have to s- stay up at night wondering, like, where I, where I went wrong. I know that I've kept your, your commandments. Amen? Jesus also loved us. God also loved us because he sacrificed his life for us. Amen? That's my third point. I, I don't know if I've been keeping track of points, but that's my third point. Amen? For God sent, uh, John 3:17. it reminds us, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but, but that the world through him might, ha- might be saved. So by sacrificing himself on the cross, he took the punishment for all of us, for all of our sins at once. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. Luke 15 and 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. And and I want to expand on that a little bit because it is when we realize that we have sinned. That we are sinners and that we come to God and and we realize, well, God sacrificed his life for us. And then we come to his presence and we repent. What happens then? The Bible tells us that heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. And they're not rejoicing because, you know, because, how can I explain this? I have it. They're rejoicing. Right, And we may think they're rejoicing simply because we repented. But it goes deeper than that. Because heaven knows the price that Jesus had to pay in order for us to obtain that mercy. Heaven knows the price, the blood that was shed for us to have that mercy. So they're not rejoicing simply because we repented. They're rejoicing because they understand finally this person sees what Jesus did for them. Amen. Finally this person can see. Finally, you turn to God for help. Finally, you realize that you needed salvation, that you needed to be forgiven of your sins. Finally, you realize that your sins meant that you were going to die. But now you have life because you have seen what God has done at Calvary. Hallelujah. So you may look at yourself and you may say, I'm in sin right now. I'm going to die if I don't repent, if I don't turn back. But then we understand the gospel message, how Jesus came, he lived among us, he died, he shed his blood, he died, he he resurrected, he sits in heaven now. We can recognize his sacrifice and we can have fullness of joy and everlasting life. Amen. God loves us so much that he died for us, so we must rejoice. Amen. Just as seven rejoices. When they understand, yeah, they finally see what Jesus did. They finally come to, to, to repentance. They finally, hallelujah, they finally come because they know that they needed him. And they finally turn to God for help. And so that's why heaven rejoices. Amen. amen. When I understand, amen, so like I said, God, uh, God loves us so much that he died for us, so we must rejoice. With that comes obedience to his commandments and to his word. Amen. Yeah, we, we repent and he forgives us. doesn't mean we're going to have to go back to what we were before. You got to keep in mind, repent means to turn away. Meaning we're heading in a different direction now. We're not heading in the direction we were heading, and that was death. Now we're heading to fullness of life, fullness of joy. Amen. When I understand that because of what Jesus did on the cross, I don't just have the forgiveness of my sins, but I have the freedom to move from my past. Because we were once probably stuck in our past because of our sins. But now we can move forward. We can break that barrier that, that would impede us to go forward in what God has for us. Now we can continue to move forward. Amen. Amen. When I understand that my life matters and I have been given a calling and a purpose to serve him, God causes me to experience that fulfillment. Amen. It gives us that fullness of joy. Amen. I like I said, that fullness of mercy. When I understand all that, it doesn't matter what's been asked of me. My answer is always going to be yes. Amen? That's how we become a much better servant. Amen? When we understand what God did for us. Amen? He has come to give his life for us, and all he has to, in return is for us to keep his commandments. Amen? Is that easy to do? Yes, it is. No, it's not easy because of our flesh, right? But, through, but through, through God, amen, it is possible. Through Jesus, it is possible. Amen? And lastly... He loves us. We know he loves us because he is preparing a place for us. Amen. He did not just come and died on the cross. He did not just shed his blood just so we may be forgiven and live in the same place where we are. Amen. We see that God is preparing, that Jesus is preparing a place for us. He tells us in John 14, 1 and 3, it says, Let let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, have, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus says. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a tremendous promise that God gives us. Amen. And, and I, 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 had, uh, I heard a commentary the other day um, that, that, that kind of spoke to me. Uh, I just want to share lately, God has been communicating with me through music. That's just how God's been communicating with me. And uh, not not only, you know, Christian music, uh, you got to understand, I wasn't always saved my whole life. So some songs that get stuck in my head are not, you know, James Wilson top (laughs) ten. Some songs that are stuck in my head are songs that I used to hear before. But the beautiful thing that God has done in, in my life is that he has used those same songs to show me something about his, about his message, about, about who he is. There's, there's a song in Spanish. Uh, I'm not going to sing it, or, or I'm not going <laughs> to try to sing it, or anything like that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging anybody to hear secular music, if, if that's what you're thinking, no. But there's a song that simply says, I, I'm living in, in the shadows, and I'm slowly dying, because I decide to be here. And what Jesus revealed to me is that yeah, you 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 understand you're you're in the shadows, you're in the darkness. And because of your decision to stay there, you're dying. You're slowly dying. And and that's just one amongst many. I mean, I'm telling you. God has been dealing with me through music I, and and uh it's it's been kind of like a like a good thing for me because I feel that God is communicating with me in a way, in a, in a special way, so I feel special in, in some type of way. But I've heard this commentary before that speaks about John 14, 1 and 3, when Jesus tells us that he's going to prepare a place for us. He's preparing that place for us because he loves us. Amen. So not only did he come and dwell with us for a little bit, he wants to dwell with us for eternity. Amen. and It's not just going to be in a simple place. Amen. He's building, a, he's making a place for us. You know, the, the Bible describes it as, as a place called heaven. When you think of heaven, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is streets of gold. First thing that comes to my mind is mansions. I'm finally gonna have a mansion. <laughs> Maybe not here, but I'll have one someday. Amen. And what what I came to realize is that many people, when they when they think of that, that's the only thing they're focusing on. They're like, "Oh, I want to see that gold." I want to see that pearly gate. I want to see that mansion that God has for me. Hallelujah. But the thing is that he's preparing that place so that we can be with him. Amen. He's preparing that place because he wants to be with us for eternity. It's not about the mansions. It's not about the gold. It's about being with God all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And sometimes we focus so much on the things that we try not to focus in this world. Amen? In this world, I don't care for jewelry. I don't care for houses. But I'm sure waiting for that gold in that mansion. Right? We may have our priorities twisted a little bit. But we have to remember what we're aiming at. What we're heading for. And that is being with Jesus forever. That is being in His presence, Him being with us, walking with us. I I I get excited sometimes. I I won't feel pain that I feel. You know, I'm getting older. I'm not getting any younger. It says there won't be no pain. You know, if, if if I can be honest, there's there's nights where I where I where I cry myself to sleep. You know, I'm I'm still struggling in this life. It says there will not be a tear in heaven. That's sometimes what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that pain to stop. I'm looking for the tears to stop rolling. But sometimes I I too forget that the real win, the real prize will be being in his presence forever. Hallelujah. We stand to your feet in this place. I'm coming to a close. Hallelujah. He prepares that place with love. Just like expecting parents prepare a room for their coming baby. Amen. I'm not a parent yet, but I'm, I know I have some ideas of a room for my kid whenever God blesses us with a kid, you know. But just as even us parents prepare, or not us parents, but parents may prepare a place for a coming child, that's what Jesus is doing in heaven right now. He's preparing a place for us with love. Amen. The hostess prepares for her guests, right? The guests are coming. The hostess prepares. So Jesus is preparing his people because he loves them. And because he's confident of their arrival, he knows we're coming. Well, we're waiting for him too, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Would you raise your hand in this place and pray and give thanks to God that he loves us, that he saw us one day, and he decided, I'm gonna die for them. I'm gonna shed my blood for them so that they may have everlasting life. Not only that, I'm gonna give them my commandments that if they follow, everything will go better than than, than what has been in their life. He gives us that protection. He's protecting us in this place. He's saving us from heartaches. He's saving us from accidents. He's fighting our battles for us. And most importantly, he's preparing a place for us. And all this he is doing because he loves us. Because he sees us. And we may see the unlovable. We may see the dirt. We may see the sin. But he sees a soul that is worth of being dead for. That is worth shedding blood for. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands unto Jesus in this place? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Tell somebody next to you, Jesus is still the reason. For every season, but for this season. uh, Before we dismiss for our worship service and the Kids are going to come in. We're going to begin with the children's program in a moment. A few years ago, there was uh, some research that found that um, in different uh, segments of the nation where, how do you know, we've got, uh, if you're really from Southern Maryland, you have an accent. I don't know if you know that. We all think everybody else has an accent, but some of you that like to go down to the water and, and get some crab, you, get, you, have, a, you have an accent. I probably have one, too, right? Down south, if you go down there, right, they got sweet tea, right? And, uh, but what they noticed is that people are losing their accents. And there's some of the reason for that is, uh, you know, different cultures start moving in or there's a stigma, right, you get made fun of for saying wooder. And so you train yourself to stop saying it. And so they notice that, that people are starting to lose their accent. I bring that to, to say a few years ago, there was kind of this push to no longer say Merry Christmas, right? Start saying Happy Holidays. And it was big, big money in marketing to turn it from Merry Christmas to Happy Holidays. And and maybe you think that's semantics, but it's not semantics. Because if we ever stop saying, if we ever start leaving Jesus Christ out of our conversation, there will be darkness that will move into that. Amen. There, there, are, there is a motive behind getting us to stop saying Merry Christmas and just say Happy Holidays. There, but if you, if you look even further, there are polls that tell us 70% of America still prefers Merry Christmas. So don't believe the hype of media. Amen. Don't believe the hype of that. People still want Jesus. People still recognize our nation needs Jesus. So all of that to come back around to say Jesus is still the reason for the season. And the church needs to be reminded of that in this season. Jesus, His blood, Calvary, The reason I say Merry Christmas is not just because of gifts under a tree and and, and the smell of Christmas trees. It's because I remember the price that he paid. Amen? Amen. So turn to somebody next to you and tell them Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Amen. And so with that, we want to go ahead and let the kids come in, and we're going to get ready to transition in the service toward our children's program. sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there to get to our destination we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path be sure to subscribe and watch us every sunday at 11 a.m eastern standard time also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com so i'm gonna wait on you, cheeks i'm gonna
1: wait Shit!